0: to podcast number 38 for thanks for your service thanks for your service is a news and information resource and its focus is on historical topics relating to the australian military you can find us on facebook and twitter just search for thanks for your service our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can email us at info at thanksforyourservice.net in our last podcast number 37 we had the honour of talking to a World War II veteran and one of the last Coast Watchers, Jim Burrows. Jim takes us through his experience as a Coast Watcher in the Pacific Campaign as we learn more about the coastwatching Organisation that had a significant impact on operations in that campaign. This is part two of that interview with Jim. The Coast Organisation was administered by the Royal Australian Navy. Your Australian Army, when you when you deployed with the Coast Watchers, where did you go and and what did the teams consist of?
1: That's one of the aspects uh, which I'm glad you raised because um, getting back to the formation of the Coast Watchers, it contained four uh, uh, components, David. Uh, First of all, there's the expatriate um, uh, people that had lived in in Moresby in those... Situations of uh, administrators, plantation owners, district officers, etc. One. Uh, secondly, a radio operator, of which I was one. That's the second one. Thirdly, the most magnificent ind- indigenous natives, as we call them. Then, uh, sometimes rudely coon, but they didn't upset um, the the natives. W- um, who was so absolutely essential in 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 the party's um, living conditions of uh, uh, making thatched huts to live live in, uh, uh, sort out latrine situations, holes in the ground, etc. Uh, food dropping uh, from aeroplanes, uh, pickups, um, so uh, essential. Uh, 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 also, uh, whilst they might have had a, a 303 Lee Enfield uh, rifle as uh, no uh, no intent of action, and fourthly, the, independ- the infantry support of pure of, uh, of these commando associations, the, the remnants of the 273 commandos who. Um, after 132 were were killed on the Montevideo Maru drowning warship, uh, they uh, automatically were transferred and de facto became part of the Coast Watcher. So just recap, recap recapping an expat, a radio operator, a native and uh, a military man. Any one of which there would have been no Coast watchers, most important, particularly the first three. There would have not been any coast watchers without those three components, and preferably a fourth, being the military support.
0: So we're talking about very small teams of four or five people in total. Yes,
1: yeah, but 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 in in that area, I mean, uh, we usually have one, possibly two expats. Uh, radio operators usually just one um, the natives we would have probably about 10 12 uh, whatever because we need them all including one to run up a a, a uh, coconut tree and uh, put a line up for my aerial for my radio and um, and the fourth one being the, the military man so mm. so uh, uh, whilst there a Four components that could be multiples in each of those components, yep. except possibly the radio man.
0: And uh, after you, so you, you've, you've been training near Canungra in Queensland. Um, Correct. What and when was your first deployment as a coast watcher?
1: Okay, my first one was um, uh, through Moresby to uh, be. We used to travel up in the old DC3, which was a C forty seven in in army terms and they, and the air force terms um, my first um, role uh, was a short stay in in milne bay um, then i moved to uh, was transferred to uh, medang um, uh, for about six months being a forward base for uh, uh, inland uh, parties were up in the uh, Sepik River, Nightenberg in behind Hollandia north, north, uh, uh, north, northern coast of uh, New Guinea. Um, from then, I uh, coincidentally uh, caught a Beaufort bomber, which was one of the planes that Tom, my twin brother, went down in. Never been heard before. Um, they were, uh, they were caught a a flying coffin because uh, you, you get in there and you have to wiggle your way around to find a, find a seat, let alone uh, uh, have a, a wireless hair gunner as well. Uh, but getting back to the point, um, I then uh, landed at, uh, back at, at, at lay, and I caught an American flying boat, a, a mariner, up to the south coast of um, New Guinea, uh, sorry, of New Britain where the australian troops had landed uh, unopposed uh, by the japanese um, er- earlier and i joined uh, another coast watcher fairfax ross um, and uh, we were moving uh, our, our coast watching party were gradually moving up the coast to check the um, positioning of japanese Uh, troops uh, and also again uh, as to how the natives were uh, uh, either allies or or against us or with us so um, uh, and then uh, finally by barge barge at night um, i joined a party of uh, native carriers and marched uh, up for over a week just myself uh, with all these natives Carrying about 56 pounds of uh, of food and, and equipment, uh, up to join Malcolm English, the uh, the last uh, uh, ex- expat uh, leader. Um, with uh, he was a captain, Captain Malcolm English. The, uh, there was another office, uh, officer, uh, Lieutenant Wilcox, uh, Will Will, Will Cox and uh, myself as um, radio operator. um, It's quite interesting to know that we were the only three land-based personnel that ever saw rebel on the Japanese occupation because we were able to um, after a uh, uh, trek through the jungle um, view the the airfields of uh, of, um, rebel we were able to um, send, give signals send signals back about movements of uh, aircraft um, uh, you know, 60, 20 or whatever, travelling south to uh, the Guadalcanal and the Solomons or uh, mm-hmm. or uh, south uh, west to um, to attack Port Moresby, uh, giving them um, and this was one of the main uh, strengths of the other coast watchers uh, there were about five parties in new britain in uh, japanese t- occupied territory of which i uh, was in one of them uh, and the others were down in booker and bougainville and Vella and uh, some of the islands towards um, Guadalcanal, where the japs had gained possession and the Jap- and the uh, americans were trying to retake it which they ultimately did but uh, it meant that um, the Americans were ready and waiting, with about two hours' notice of, uh, of the fleet arriving there, to um, be uh, general quarters in their ships, uh, uh, have their land-based uh, military uh, armament ready for, for them, and most importantly, be up in the air with their uh, aircraft ready to swoop down and knock off the uh, Japanese invaders, which they did uh, uh, in uh, in many, many cases, and um, they they have saved uh, hundreds, hundreds of uh, American lives, and they also uh, gained uh, the loss of um, Japanese invaders at the same time.
0: Jimmy, can you... It's
1: so successful that Admiral Halsey, Admiral Bull Halsey, H-A-L-S-E-Y, issued the statement that the Coast Watchers saved Guadalcanal and Guadalcanal saved the Pacific War. Hmm. This was an astounding uh, statement because um, it let the world know that the if you cut out that common denominator in the middle of Guadalcanal, it uh, got down to the fact that the Ghost Coast Watchers saved the Pacific War mm. now in doing so they uh, cut off um, any attack by the uh, Japanese into uh, uh, into any facilities in, into Australia and cut off the American support um, it released uh, Douglas MacArthur who had also uh, uh, committed to the statement of the success of the Coast Watchers so that he was now uh, otherwise he would have been buried, uh, when I say buried he would have been stuck down in the, in the southern hemisphere trying to uh, win, win uh, it, it back from the Japanese mm. but he was able to then be released to do his island hopping in the northern hemisphere back through uh, Sal- Salamoa Lay uh French Harbin, Sador, uh Medang, uh Itabi uh, uh, Hollandia, uh, uh, Biak, Moratai and eventually uh, Philippines Backing
0: and the um, Philippines, yeah.
1: And the Erojima and Tinian Island which uh, uh, yeah put an end to the war with the adam, adam bond so yeah. it, it's a very far link but um the coast Watchers way back in the southern uh, hemisphere turned the tide um, which was followed on by the wonderful uh young um, uh, young uh, kids uh, on the kokoda trail and then the stupid uh unfortunately macarthur made one bad mistake by Try to chase the uh, beaten Japanese uh, down into the buna gona area and cost hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of their own lives. Not to mention the the Allied. Uh, yeah. That was a, a bad glitch, but otherwise that's not in no any way demeaning the the value of uh, Douglas MacArthur in the uh, in the ultimate uh, win of the war.
0: Yeah jim can you describe for us some of the physical and living conditions that you experience so you know for example were some of these deployments as a coast watcher were they for days or weeks or months for example
1: a day in the life of the uh, coast watcher which is my own time so i'm talking from experience uh, which is just an indication um, uh, having set up a, uh, with the, all the palm fronds and what have you, uh, sort of a living quarters. And uh, the natives putting together bows uh, in a crossbow, and we'd, we'd have they'd have a couple of green sleeves, canvas sleeves to sleep on, and, um, and I'd have a native uh, run up a leg, leg uh, a coconut tree to um, put a test t- t- my aerial. But otherwise, uh, we'd sleep with our uh, clothes on, uh, including uh, I had a lovely Colt 45, and also a 15 uh, American uh, Marine, uh, American uh, 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 weapon. But certainly, uh, the, um, the, uh, the 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 Colt was uh, by the hip. So um, we'd sleep in our clothes, ready. Uh, and we were based on a uh, a ridge, quite a long way apart, so that on each end of the ridge we'd have three or four of the natives uh, p- protecting uh, any attack from the Japanese. With with any uh, attack from up from the side of the the ridges, have been an impossibility to attain anyway. So um, so we'd sleep there and. Uh, uh, in the morning, we'd uh, have a uh, we'd have a sort of a breakfast lunch. We just have two meals a day to save eating. Most of the uh, food was uh, by rice, which we had to get uh, by uh, airplane, dropping dropping in parachutes, uh, mainly to feed all our natives. Uh, and then we'd have single um, uh, contact with. Uh, Townsville and Port Moresby, and other troops uh, in the field, with the uh, schedules. Uh, I think for memory, those te- usually 10 o'clock, and then at 4 o'clock, um, and during which time we would um, trek down, trek across the uh, territory to the um, uh, to view view uh, R- to make any any reports. Um, uh, I suppose we cleaned our teeth or something. Mm. I'd not go have a shave because I was too young to have a shave and to have a beard anyway. Mm. And uh, otherwise, um, <laughs> getting a bit personal, but the, the uh, natives would dig a big hole and straddle them with uh, boughs where we would squat uh, as a latrine. This is away from the camp area a bit, of course. And also down the side, uh, there's some very handy bamboo <laughs> shoots where we'd uh, use as a and yeah. what down there. But that's getting down to uh, the nuts and bolts of, uh, of living. Um, uh, I was never scared. Uh, I've got an old uh, saying that... Um, nothing's going to happen to me, uh, uh, but if it does too bad, uh, that's that's changed things, but um, uh, I have been asked uh, on occasions, was scared, uh, and the answer's no. Uh, uh, We just had a job to do, and we we did it, and um, uh, that was that. I had one narrow escape when uh, Tabra Galba had been chosen to to uh, go with a uh, a landing by submarine, led by a, a coastwatcher, a, a well-known coastwatcher Blue Harris. I was a signaler who would taken the place of um, another sig- another chap who uh, who had uh, got got the flu. At the very last minute, literally, he he redeemed, uh, recovered and uh, he took his place back now that um went from submarines from brisbane uh, right up into uh, uh off off land here in northern new guinea and um the first lot went ashore in a rubber boot, rubber boat boat gully. um to uh, but they hadn't reckoned on the surf which uh, uh them all up literally pardon the pun and they lost uh, their gear and radio and finished up uh, a miserable group on, on shore. They were going to send the, the second lot by by uh, lamplight and unfortunately uh, there's a native fire the people in the second uh, contingent also um, yesterday I would have been the one in the first contingent um, uh, but anyway, the second lot had got going to, and the same thing happened to them. And it turned out they were ambushed by, uh, by uh, native uh, inclined Japanese. Uh, they were ambushed by the Japanese, and after a, quite a, a, a long uh, gun, gunfight in which Jack Bunning, the, uh, the tappy that uh, took my place, uh, was killed otherwise I wouldn't have been here to tell the story. So, um, but then that's one of the things I call luck. Um, uh, luck's two sorts of, two kinds of course. One's good and one's bad. The bad luck is losing two brothers. Uh, mm. war. the good luck is uh, I came home. A mm. family of uh, three, having been a family of seven when we started the war with my father dying My sister died in childbirth, my two brothers did and we became a party of three uh, family which was a bit rough on the old mum Mm. who uh, had brought us up during depression times, dad out of work etc. But that's a bit more on the personal note which um, is subject to another uh, article in my uh, website if anyone would like a bit of reading.
0: And and we'll we'll certainly mention your blog, your website, um, on this podcast. In terms of your field deployments, when you were out in in the bush, in the scrub, in the jungle, how long did they uh, last for?
1: Ten days. Sorry, ten months. We were there ten months.
0: And and was that ten months continuously out in the jungle? Did you come back? Do they rotate you at all Uh, during that ten months?
1: It was was, uh, in in the main... um, the the main spot uh, most of the time our job was to to report on uh, aircraft movements unfortunately there are about a of the buggers uh, but they're too lazy to to move because um, we often wondered when uh, we're having food droppings in uh, torpedoes uh, probably full of uh, many probably ninety percent rice for food for us and the uh, the natives, um, why they didn't have a <coughs> why they didn't cite them as, well as a mystery uh, by, a, by a a PBY Catalina or a, uh, a uh, lovely B-25 liberator and also um, why they didn't have any radio detection uh, equipment um, so uh, we were lucky due to the, the, the lazy lot of Japanese that um, didn't get onto us.
0: And you were talking about luck before. I mean, there were many Australian casualties in the Pacific campaign which resulted from disease rather than, than enemy action. And I read that you were quite lucky is that you didn't really get sick in terms of your deployments. In, in uh, New Guinea,
1: correct. Um, people were going down in the dengue and swamp fever and God knows what, uh, etc. But I was, I was lucky. Uh, most of the time I was in shorts. Uh, uh, but we used to take uh, um, um, uh, not off the adivan that makes you yellow, the uh, quinine uh, to to stop our uh, stop stop malaria. And um, except for about half a day, I can remember uh, uh, I had the whole time uh, uh, scot-free.
0: And when did your time in the Coast Watching Organisation come to an end?
1: Um, after the war, uh, I uh, because we'd uh, had some natives escaping from Rabaul over the mining mountain, right mountains, we'd um, fix them up with some... Uh, Medication and send them off down to the coast. But um, bearing in mind that we were within Kui of uh, walking into there, I sought information, uh, uh, request to be able to um, walk into Rebel because I uh, was in somewhat forlorn hope that um, I must have known by then that the two brothers were gone. And uh, and I would carefully uh, speak to the uh, natives who always liked to please, but in pidgin English, which we l- learned uh, very quickly because we had to live with them. Mm. Uh, a time you along, me re- he stop long, place all they call in Japan, uh, Rebound Now, man, belong Japan, he come now, kiss him etc. etc. Et um, so I uh, so I, uh, I lost lost that note there. So I um, uh, found that we were just um, not, not non-combative and uh, made, the, made the luck home, yeah.
0: In terms of the Coastwatching organisation, how many do you know of the original Coast Watchers survive today?
1: There's one other. Uh, I, uh, early in the piece, um, several years ago, my son, incidentally, my two sons are called... Robert and Tom after the two dead brothers. Um, Robert was convincing me to write a book. I said, I wouldn't know Philip Blumman's book. Uh, anyway, uh, with a bit of nagging from another ex-bowler, because I'm still Lorne Bowling at 98, it's been, um, um, was nagging me too. Uh, anyway, uh, Robert said, well, what about a website? So. I reluctantly agreed, but I'm glad I did because, uh, David, it's amazing, uh, uh, and I include you and and many, 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 many others who, um, if I'd written a book, uh, whatever's in the book is it, but um, with the website, um, I'm just amazed. Uh, For four years in a row now, I've been getting probably an average of 40 or 30 or 40 clicks on it per day in the meantime I've been adding to the website I've been amending some things I've brought them all up to date none of which you can do if you've written a book and I'm so grateful um, that um, you know, you, you and your podcast is another classic example I've had others uh, uh, contact them from um, London, I've done uh, podcasts there Uh, I've had uh, people from Scotland uh, and the USA one bloke rang to say hey Jim I was a a captain on a PBY Catalina dropping in on the Seabing River to pick some of you blokes up I mean Where do you get that personal stuff if you write a book? (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. Look, it's been an absolute honour for me in talking to you today, Jim, and thank you for your time and thanks for your service. And we'll be posting your website, your blog, in the details of that in terms of our podcast, and it's a fascinating read. There is so much um, subject there that we just couldn't even touch on In the period we had today but once again thank you for your service and thank you for your time.
1: Thanks David. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, reminiscing because um, it's strange sometimes I get more interest in some personal stuff that I've got in my my website about my family and about me before and after the war. Sometimes I, I think they're more interested in that than the war.
0: That's the podcast for today. You can find the relevant links to this podcast on our Facebook page and Jim's blog can be found at www.thelastcoastwatcher.wordpress.com We're keen to hear your feedback. Leave a comment on our Facebook page and if you're listening to us via iTunes or other podcast apps, please leave a review. If you are interested in support of this podcast, you can support us via Patreon. That link is www.patreon.com forward slash thanks for your service. Your support helps us with the production of this podcast. Thanks for listening.